Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Inside the Comedian with me, David Reed. Hello, Mark. Thank you so much. What a marvellous, marvellous honour this is. It is an honour, and you're right to recognise it as the honour it is. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we keep a very tight ship, and, okay. and not anyone can get on this show. It's not just about who's in, available, Mark. In, in, future, uh, in, in future interviews, when people ask the highlight, yes. this, this will be it. So what is your earliest memory? My earliest memory was I just about remember um, seeing a, a Zeppelin over London in um, what, 1915 would have been. Right. You... <laughs> wow, so, so you would have been quite young then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. just about remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but, must have uh, been an incredible sight. Um, incredible it, it sight. Was, yeah, it was, it was extraordinary. And in those days, people used to say, going on oh, the Germans... And uh, there used to be a little thing in the community. People would just go out and blow and try and blow it away. Oh, that... <laughs> I mean, it's those traditions that are really... Course, we won the war in those days, you know. Yeah, that's right. It's that sort of fighting spirit of blowing was... away the Zeppelins. Yeah. That's, that's... Of course, the Americans took all the credit. But... Absolutely. They show up. They barely blow at all. <laughs> Bother. I, I mean, people forget this, that we won, we won the war by... We, we, used to, we sluiced away the U-boats, didn't we? We all... <laughs> We lined up on the beach and we all... Everyone, come on, come on. Lucy, <laughs> back. That's how the D-Day landings... I saw landings. one. It's definitely down there. That's how the D-Day landings happen. Come on, they'll come get on. there quicker. They'll get there quicker. Oh, yeah. Look, it's irritated. It's going away. That's exactly how I... Yeah. And do you think it's these memories uh, that are why you got into comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But largely, my first... Um, my, my, my sort of opening into comedy, if you like. I was yes. terrified of flying. I've always been really scared of flying, actually. Yeah, because of the Zeppelin. Probably, it's probably, yes. It's, uh, mm. I'm probably, there's a connection. But uh, I once uh, had to get a plane um, to Dublin. And I, I found that the only way that I could keep calm, really, because the slightest bit of turbulence. Yes. Was I would just sort of like very nervously tell jokes, and uh, at one point there was quite a bad bit of turbulence, and I, I told a couple of jokes, and everybody started laughing, and the, the captain actually heard this and came out, and he said, you know, I noticed that there the, was a sort of, you know, people in the 
his, his sort of mates had gone into whoever it is. You know, the rest of the crew had gone in. Sure. You know, the captain of an airliner, if you don't know, he stands over the shoulder of the pilot <laughs> and just sort of tells him what to do, doesn't he? That's I don't his know role. what he does. Yeah, he but does. He, anyway, they were very impressed with the way that I'd calmed down the passengers, and so I was booked to do a regular 30-minute slot on the London to Dublin shuttle service. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a double-edged sword for you, really, isn't it? Because if you're, if you're well, afraid no, it of turbulence, it calm, it's though, a very so turbulent yeah, yeah, flight. But yeah, that's how, I, that's how I started. Wow, so you started in... A, a, Specifically in the air, did you find when you had your first ground-based gig that it was difficult to adapt to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the you know the pressure obviously makes people go a little bit uh, light-headed, you know, and the fear is less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's easier to get laughs. It's actually a very, very good place to start. Is it? Is it high altitude? Feet. You know, just any any old shit. You it's know. why the real pros play underground clubs. <laughs> slowly work your way down exactly. once you can get laughs down there oh wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you can get laughs anywhere yeah 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 so, that's so, why you know uh, the worst gigs was always in coal mines right yes yeah. very hard very, very hard very hard to, to get laughs in there yes uh, yes and they, they also ask why are you here don't they <laughs> they're like we've yeah. got we've got quotas to read we might not other way please we're trying to dig some coal here <laughs> Mm. I mean, you've got to find your audience, uh, they say. You've got to find your audience, but I don't think they mean you've got to break into premises of work <laughs> and just try material on them. Yeah. I don't, that's not really how it works. Well, then it? the next thing I did was that my... You see, my dad was a diplomat. Right. Uh, and he <laughs> was uh, ambassador to Poland. and British ambassador? <clears throat> yeah. Right. <laughs> I just couldn't quite play your, your accent, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, he was British ambassador. Right, to Poland, yes. Well, I don't know. He might not have been. I mean, I was only a kid. I don't, you don't take right. that much notice, do you? Your dad tells you what they do. Yeah. And you go, yeah. right, that is the one job yeah, I've heard of now. People don't, don't know, you know. Like no. Boris Johnson's kids, they probably don't know what his dad does. <laughs> and he doesn't know what they do. No. Quid pro quo. Right. <laughs> uh, so, I was... Um, uh, uh, and I was once taken out there. So at Christmas, I used to go out there yes. to uh, Krakow. Right. And we used to do these, uh, and my dad had to get up and do a little speech and stuff um, in this sort of big function. And when I was about 12, they said, we want you to say something. I thought, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to say in Polish. <laughs> and uh, strangely, the only thing, that the best thing to learn in in Polish, right. the quickest way to learn Polish is the jokes, because just the way that the language works. Right. The jokes are the quickest way to learn things. So I learned um, two or three jokes, and I did these jokes at this big function, and they just just went down a storm. And I thought, I was, you know, is it is it normal at diplomatic functions for them to go? The diplomat should stop. Get the twelve year old up. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, no, the diplomat's the diplomat's son gets up and. And says something that explains a lot. It's nepotism, no, really, something. isn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, no. Well, it, well, it was. This was back in the Stalinist days, of course. Sure. And uh, you know, and that's what gave me that. That was before that. What gave me the buzz, really? And that's yes. what you know, maybe that all came out when I was um, when the turbulence happened. But yeah. sure, it's 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 the mixture of fear and an audience, I suppose, <laughs> that sort of brings it out of you. Yeah. So, so okay. what kind of child were you, Mark? Uh, were, you, were you always fighting the system, or were you sort of a friend of the man, and that came later? <laughs> Well, I suppose it changed when I went to Oxford. Right, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, so, so what were you like before Oxford? 
Or can you barely well, remember Well, I, I didn't know, you know, with my dad as being a, a diplomat and stuff, I didn't know where I was. I was always, you know, you know, it is, you're trying to find your own identity. Yes, and it doesn't help if your parents keep going to different countries. <laughs> no. With no, you. it doesn't. Well, they'd leave no. me on my own quite often. Oh, really? And um, How was that? Well, you know, I was from the age of six, I was sort of left on my own. My dad would have to suddenly go over there and deal with some sort of big crisis because of the East-West talks, nuclear weapons, I don't know. Sure. And... Um, <clears throat> Uh, and so then I, I was just sort of left to fend for myself, really. But I got quite good at hunting and gathering. Sure. In a domestic context or in a woods out back? Oh, no, no, out the woods and everything. Right. I've got you know, rested many times for gathering a, over the correct quota of berries. <laughs> it, it's interesting that they, they crack down on the gathering and not the hunting. <laughs> no, they're fine. I was brought up in Kent. Do you think they give a shit about hunting? No, you're right. You the in, gathering they really care about. Put in prison for not organising a legal dog fight. <laughs> so, so uh, you, you went from that to to from fending for yourself in a sort of um, uh, sort of survivalist Home Alone movie, as far as I can yes. tell, to, to Oxford. Uh, what did you study at Oxford? Uh, trigonometry. Trigonometry. <laughs> Was that your natural calling, trigonometry? Yes. It very, yes. It very what were your three favourite things about it? <laughs> I liked the angles. Yes, the angles. I liked the tangents. Yes, the tangents. And yes. I liked the cosines. The cosines, yes. <laughs> yes. So you you fell into comedy at university, did you? You didn't you didn't uh, you didn't. Well, no, no. I I'd started already at the um, at the institute in Krakow. Of course. But, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> Then, then came the the aeroplane thing. The aeroplane thing, yes. And then, uh, so you already had some experience under your belt yeah, by the but time. But then once you you're at Oxford, you just get chatting to people, and they say, "Would you like to come and join the Oxbridge, uh, the, the Oxbridge Footlights?" Yes, they do and say that. They say we're, we're doing it joint this year. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they they, hand they did you, used to. They hand you a TV series, as far as I'm aware. That's right. Yeah. So that's yes. how I came to do that. You know, the thing I'm sure you're aware of that me and Stephen Fry did. That's right. Yes. And yes. Um, that uh, that uh, Stephen Fry uh, denied at the time, but has since evidence has come out that you did do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that that thing that you did. Yes. Um, but uh, but there was also the TV. Well, they show. wanted they wanted a program that was part comedy and part carpentry. Yes. And. Um, yeah, you know, we just sort of seem to fit, really. Yes. Uh, did you do most of the carpentry? Mm. Work class Kent background, wasn't I? You know, enough sure. to tell me about dovetail joints, especially the sort of trigonometry angles. <laughs> Absolutely, trigonometry comes in very handy with your dovetail joints. Angles. It's mostly angles. It's mostly angles. <laughs> Occasional straight bit. Um, <laughs> the trigonometry lecturers. Boy, you've done a straight bit. It's meant to be angles. Come here. This better be going to an angle soon, or I am going to get furious. Uh, yes. Bend over at an angle of forty-seven degrees. And so, um, but your, 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 we've touched upon it briefly. Your diplomatic background. Uh, your, your family background's quite interesting, isn't it? Because there was a rocky road. Can I say? Not, not the desert. There was. There, there was difficult times on the path towards becoming Mark you know, Stewart. It's, it's very difficult when you're. Yes. you're Dad's in such a sort of an esteemed position. Yes. Um, when you're when you're when you're well, we such a the figure queen, of the establishment. The, the Queen used to come round on a, right. on a Monday to your working class house in Kent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. She'd come round and she'd discuss sort of all Polish things. She speaks perfect Polish, the Queen. Really? And uh, I didn't know what they were on about. I thought she was talking about me. So that you know, obviously led to a, you know many many sessions with a therapist in later years. 
course. Which is, you know, um, turned out that I, you know, I, it was called regal paranoia syndrome. Yes, it's very common. Where Wherever you, the Queen where you goes. Where you think the Queen is talking, talking about, about you. you. Yeah. But because the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen, speaks so many different languages, it's a very common syndrome, actually, because yeah. wherever she goes, she'll talk in another language, whether the person she's talking to speaks it or not. Yeah. Just to show off, yeah. really, isn't it? And, and Queen. Who knows what Polish. she's talking about? That's right. Stand there. Every man needs to come round. Did you have therapy for anything else, or was it just having met the Queen as a child? Uh, well, I, I became addicted to collecting zebras. <laughs> now, I don't know a lot about that, but I, I could imagine that's prohibitively expensive. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Could, could you keep up the, the habit, or, or did, it, did you get into well, financial difficulties? Luckily, my dad, being a diplomat, was yeah. um, in touch with various politicians, and there was one that had an Africa room. <laughs> right. Now, I've not heard of that. What is that? <laughs> well, I was never allowed to know who it was, but right. I had it on good authority that one of them actually had an Africa, Africa room. room. I mean, that sounds and, uh, hugely distasteful. Quite, uh, you know, and then he had zebras. They kept breeding. There was a surplus of them, so they used Just to lock send the them door of the Africa room. <laughs> Leave them to it. Yeah. Oh, Christ, the God. racket. Zebra, <laughs> racket the zebras. They put foxes in the shade. What a noise. Oh. <laughs> but that's it. If you just leave zebras in a confined space, they will just breed until they fill it. That is, and I mean every inch of it. They're famous for it with their tessellating patterns. I don't think they, I don't think they tessellate. I, yeah. that, that we'll have to ask a trigonometry expert. We yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. We don't know that. If you'd like to see the next series of Inside the Comedian recorded live, then we have a monthly residency at King's Place Theatre in London. For full details, go to mrdavidreed.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You found... We'll get back to comedy. Okay. If that's all right with you. Uh, you found a way to, to laugh about things, uh, which I think is wonderful. Um, so what was, what was uh, 
Um, your first stand-up gig that you, re- you really remember thinking, I am good at this. Have uh, you thought that? <laughs> Sorry, no, I don't want to jump the gun. don't really. Well, my first gig was at the very first comedy store that was opened in 1925. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was during the general strike. That's right. And, uh, People needed a laugh. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was given union dispensation to do the gig, and I was uh, a lion tamer. <laughs> right, yes. It was more variety back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But People I had a thing. Try, I used to try and make the, the lion laugh, and that would calm him down. Yes. And then he wouldn't be so prone to sort of eating members of the audience. Wouldn't be so prone. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't completely turned off the idea, but, you know. Danger is danger. what's pies. Right. It's, what the, it's what the comedy store was famous yeah. for back in the day. <laughs> But the, the actual, actual physical store, peril. You remember, you yes. know, people will remember the the old comedy store. You went up in a lift, right? Uh, every, audience, performers, everyone had to go up in a lift to a very high altitude. To, yeah, and um, my line got stuck one week in the lift. He was, you know, we just had to leave him there for six weeks without food till he got thin enough to be able to walk out. <laughs> God, that's a tragic story. He... <laughs> was the line all right in the end? Was that was he fine? I mean, well, lions, the, the, lions are vaguely wedge-shaped anyway. They've got a, they've got a thin back end and a lot of fur yeah, up yeah, the but top. You've got to remember, I had him at home when I, the, I had a house full of zebras. He was eating them all day. <laughs> thing was bloody huge, wasn't he? Huge. huge. Well, I mean, I'm glad he got luckily, the, the help he, he needed. Luckily, he went on a lion Atkins diet. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was big back in the 20s mm. uh, when that story was set. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> so, yes. Um, so, um, your act is often very political. Um, if I, if well, I, it is say, a bit. Um, if, for my listeners who, who who don't own a radio or watch reruns on Dave, uh, what is your what is your political sort of position? Would you say? Um, a perpetual infuriation with everybody. Yes, yes. That's very popular at the moment. <laughs> There's a lot of you about. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I've got this idea for a game show. Right. <laughs> Pitch it to me. Right. I think this is fascinating. So you think of someone like, like for example, George Osborne. Okay. Right. And then, what is that person? Are they a cunt or a wanker? Ooh. <laughs> and what do you and win? I think that is fascinating when you think about it because it's that you you end up with people having immense arguments i've yes. sort of seen whole pubs descending <laughs> to great debates over this and what, what's your belief on osborne what's the final word well it's tricky i'd wanker i think what do we think here yeah that's about 50 50 and then very very occasionally you come up with someone who is both and that is so that's your Christmas episode. That's your Christmas episode. So, what do you reckon on this? I reckon this person might be both. You okay. ready? Noel Edmonds. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I can tell you there's a buzz in the room about this format. <laughs> I think pointless better be careful. This might be I'd like, I'd like to get old Robert Robinson if he was to do it. Well, well, it's Radio 4, it's 6.30. Once again, it's time for Cunt or Wanker. Bing! Who do we have up next? He'd have to have the little bell. He'd have to have the little yes, bell. Indeed. It would come round sort of on a... You know, the work experience would be cranking the little turning cardboard tube around the back. I, I, I think that's got legs. Mm. 
Uh, we should talk more after this. Um, so when you, when you uh, craft your uh, political material... Oh, I don't craft anything. No, okay. When you get drunk and turn on a tape recorder, <laughs> how long does that process take? And how long will you then use that material? Uh, nine for? minutes. Nine minutes. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say whatever comes out in the ninth minute. Right. And that's... That's, that's always gold, is it? That's, well, no, it might be awful, but that's the show. That's the rule. Right. You've got to be very, very strict with the nine-minute rule. Sure, sure. If it's yeah. working, don't change it. Yeah, don't if someone comes it. in, that's why whole bits of your show might be, I don't know where I put the fucking keys. It's <laughs> just like, this is very good, isn't it? I don't understand what he's doing, but it's almost like theatre. Um, yeah, of course I fed the cat. Of course I fed the cat. He's still alive. It's like Beckett, this, isn't it? I had zebras when I was younger. I know how to keep animals. And, 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 so and then you... there'll be a bit about Emily Thornbury. <laughs> it sounds like a great show. I mean, it's structured very well. It's got some strong opinions stated in a hyperbolic way and then a message at the end. There's like, a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's right. That's a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's all you need. Yeah. You, you need to be born, you need to do something, and then you need to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you have a, store, a narrative through your That's, life. You, you, know, you, could get, you could get people paying a £1,000 an hour for that sort of thing. They would well, come and they go, playwright of I'm too clever, you see. I released this as a podcast for free. <laughs> <laughs> so has laughter changed, do you think, in your time? Because you've, you've been a comedian for how long now? You were, you were first gigging... Well, since the 20s. Since the 20s. So, so not even a year. Um, <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So has laughter changed in that time, do you think? Have, have well, it used to be much louder, of course, in the old days. Yes. I think all the old comics will, will, will uh, agree with this. It used to be much, much the laughter because more people worked in industry, more people worked down the pits and on the yes. dock, in shipyards, people were used to shout. So they were all deaf. They were all, yeah, <laughs> they, all they stone were deaf. La- but the laughter was louder and raspier because people had, you know, asbestos illnesses and all sorts of things. Yeah, they all, they all died in their 40s. But they- laugh, you get a laugh. <laughs> now you get a little polite metropolitan <laughs> remainy fucking laughs. Yes. They're no good to her. No, it's true. Um, so um, you don't think that maybe uh, laughter has been weaponized by the Russians? Oh, definitely. Yes. They've got little laughter bots, haven't they? Yes, they Putin have. Putin has loads of them. Yes. And yeah, and, and, and to do down our morale. Yeah, yeah, Get yeah. us he's, confused about what's funny. He's in our comedy clubs, definitely. Yes. You know, they have lots, so that's why... He's always at the back. Sometimes a gig will be sold out, but there'll be eight or nine empty seats, and that's because they're just Russian bots. Yes. That, uh, <laughs> that are just sort of being... Di- they're, they're members of the audience, but they're being directed from St. Petersburg, and they're just... That's right. Do you think these they bots... they laugh at certain things that make the comic think, oh, that went well, and it was something that was maybe slightly critical yes. of Matt Hancock, you know, and uh, <laughs> as a result of that... It's nudging, isn't it? It's all nudging. Yeah, it's all Do you think these Russian bots will ever have physical form and we'll go to a comedy club and there will be uh, eight or nine robots on the front oh, row. Oh, God, yeah, that's possible. You know, it? eventually. That's possible. And they'll be really sophisticated because they'll have studied our comedy oh, works. Oh, yeah. And they'll make sure that one of the robots doesn't fucking laugh all night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I will say this for the robots. They, they will get more references than the average audience at one of those yeah. gigs will get. 
because they've been trained. They'll get yeah, yeah, yeah. They get really, really obscure references yeah, yeah. about you know, 14th century Wallachian history. Yes, we don't <laughs> remember that issue know. of Smash Hits magazine. Yeah. Yes, they were, yeah. That's how you know. That's one of the Putin's. That's it. Digital people. Yeah. yeah. There's a few in, in tonight, in. actually. <laughs> a few more than I would have liked, but there's a few. There's a few. So um, what is left on Mark Steele's bucket list? Well, um, some people might know. So I do a radio series that I've been doing for about 10 years now. Yes. Uh, where each week, um, well, each year I do a sort of series of shows uh, and it's where I travel to a different planet. Yes. You've so far managed Earth. Yeah, and, 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 and then I have to do a show about that planet yes. to people on that planet. Right, so how, how has that gone so far? You say it's been going for ten years. Yep. That's how long it takes to get to Mars. Yes. You should be leaving, Mark. I think years. you're not going to make it, it on time. It doesn't take ten years to Does get it to not? Mars. It takes a year and a half of one of our Earth years to get to Mars. Right, a year and, and a half. So it is a long-term project. But while I'm there, while on the way, I can do all the research, and then I have to do the shows to people on that, to people on that planet. And how successful is that? Do you feel... Well, it's, you know, this, we're doing the, uh, another series. and So where, where, which planet do you really want to go to on this Well, tour? Well, this is why, you see, Pluto is controversial because yes. it's been downgraded. It's no longer considered a planet. So has that really put, thrown your series into well, like, off-balance? Yeah, because that was going to be where we were going to go in the next series. Right. Now we've got to find a planet in another distant galaxy. I mean, that's going to that's gonna put your budget up oh, considerably. Yeah, but there's the BBC's own fault. You know, because they were in on it. It's all part, you're not supposed to know this, but they were all in on the astronomical decision to downgrade Pluto and just make it into an asteroid. It doesn't surprise me. What are you going to do? The bloody BBC. No, no. Doing down planets left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not why I pay my licence fee. Emily Maitlis' influence. She's just got it in for the planets. So what sort of material would you do uh, for Plutonians? Well, you have, I don't know, you have to find out, you know, you have to find out every week we go, we go to different planets. Yes. And then have to find out Know, what so you have to do stuff about the rock formations and sometimes people in that place find strange things very very funny you know well, if you like live the on out of ice that there is on the west side of the planet yes or something. of course <laughs> it's you know. going to be mostly geological features based isn't it <laughs> yeah well you know <laughs> have you ever got into scrapes making perhaps a joke that's too risque for the local crowd uh, uh yes yes we insulting to, we of to, their local culture yeah well, Venus, we were had to go straight back to the rocket and, and just head straight off because they just didn't, you know, we were doing stuff about the cloud formations and they just, I don't know, we got some of it wrong. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could have done your research. <laughs> you could have done your research. Can we move on to the, the some Twitter questions from your oh, fans? Yes. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, lovely, yes. Um, do, do, you, do you try to stay in touch with your fans or do you try to stay sort of aloof and mysterious to them? No, I, I invite the fans um, Over for around. drinks. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, they, most of them are living in my garden. <laughs> right. Well, it's good to be able to keep an eye on them, know where they are yeah, yeah. at all times. They get very frightened by the zebras. Yes. Well, they, they would. Um, there's a lot of them crammed into a very small space. Um <laughs> You never know where, what is head and what is bum hole, um, as the old saying with the goes. With the zebra. It's an old African when, when, when they're all crammed together, you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying when there's just one standing there. I'd hope I'd be able to identify this the difference. True. At Whoops Not Again says, how many cats is too many cats? 
to push out to sea on a pedalo. <laughs> not... An odd question. One, one. One is too many, isn't one it? One is too it's many. far too many. I only pushed zero. out the one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe what? Maybe two is too many. Maybe you'd, you'd be curious with one. I think one would be quite hard to justify. <laughs> I mean, I think the image would be beautiful, <laughs> and therefore you are in a way creating art. Port um, side, sir, this appears to be a pedalo with a cat on it. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> um... Good. A lovely round of people who can do Mao. Um, at the People's Princess writes, Is chivalry dead? Uh, well, I, I still duel every, yes. every Tuesday. I still hold women in the highest regard, but will not speak to them. Well, that's right. Yes. And that's as it should be. And I bet you try to bloody... You try to make one of these Labour Party candidates have that as part of their programme, they won't listen. They won't listen. They won't listen. It's, it's uh, feudalism gone mad. <laughs> um, I think that, that is all we've got time for, but all, is, all that's left for me to say is, Mark Steele, thank you for letting us inside you. Oh, Mark Steele. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Inside the Comedian with me, your host, David Reed. If you've enjoyed the show, then please help us spread the word by following at Inside Comedian on Twitter. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.